Kia fit like and welcome into the Fourth and Forever podcast. After a lengthy bout with COVID, I am finally fit enough to string together two words, which is actually an improvement on what I was like before the virus. So, bonus for me. Uh, Stuart Bothwell here, sadly on my own today, as Darren and I just couldn't thread the needle of availability, health, and the impending start of an NFL season. So, um, yeah, I would perhaps have asked Mr. Steve Bothwell to help out, but he's definitely going to be busy chugging back cocktails in Fuengarola at the moment. So, oh lucky you guys, getting to hear me indulge myself in the sound of my own buttery voice. Well, it's probably more of an I can't believe it's not butter with a few junks of uh, gravel thrown in sort of voice. Um, but yeah, you don't care. Also, yeah, I said junks of gravel, not chunks of gravel, because I'm not quite there yet. But hey, whatever. Anyway, coming up in today's show, which I can only assume uh, will be mercifully short and sweet in a hit of NFL-based analysis from someone who doesn't know what he's talking about, but often does a reasonable job at pretending he does. That'd be me. So coming up, we've got a few talking points from my dad, Mr. Steve Bothwell, um, because it's only ever Bothwells who come up with the ideas in this show. Right, Darren? Yeah, right, that's what I thought. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk first-time head coaches, uh, who's in the hot seat, and uh, QB competitions. And after that, we'll round things out with a brief look at the first game of the NFL season. It's finally here, folks. The Buffalo Bills traveling to Inglewood, California to face the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Now, I'm on my own today. This perhaps gives me a little bit more time to think. I'm not babysitting Darren today. I'm not keeping my eye on the time and trying to hurry him up or anything. I usually, like, wind my fingers in front of him to get him moving when he's stuck in a point for too long, which is always. Not worried about him saying something incredibly questionable that I'll have to try and remember to bleep out later. Oh no, this is pure me, baby. So, in preparation for this moment, like the consummate professional that I am, I've been doing a little research. I've been looking into one of the best to ever do this whole thing on his own. Colin Coward. Just kidding. Screw that guy. I'm talking Rich Eisen. Now, granted, he has his guys to bounce off of in there. TJ Jefferson and Chris Brockman. You know, to bounce off of and have some banter with. But the guy, he carries himself well. And he has subtle breaks in speech to let you dwell on the thought, give you time and put inflections on things for seemingly no reason because it just sounds so darn dynamic. Could also make me sound a little bit like uh, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine as I, I realize now, but whatever, I'm gonna give it a go anyway. So. Yeah, please just enjoy whatever it is that I'm about to pour into your ears, and my apology if it stings. So, during my health hiatus, Mr. Steve Bothwell threw a couple of questions my way. Topics to hit in advance of the season, 
And I'm not going to have time to do them all because I really have to <laughs> tighten my belt in terms of how quick I get this out because I've got stuff to do tonight. But anyway, question one. Which first head time, sorry, first time head coach will do well? And which head coach's jacket? That's jacket. Jacket being jacket in Scots. Or Doric or whatever we want to call it. Is on a shugly peg. And shugly means shaky. Well done. Congratulations. You got that. From context. Yeah, well done. So let's just get the negatives out of the way first, shall we? On average, every year in the NFL, around eight head coaches lose their jobs. That's an incredible, if rather unfortunate, rate. Don't feel too bad for them, though. They get paid a lot of money. On the hot seat for this season, we'll start things off with Matt Rule of the Carolina Panthers. Now, this dude has been really snake-bit since becoming an NFL head coach. You got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. He keeps getting injured. You draft JC Horn in the first round, and just as he's looking great, he goes down early. The organization passed on a potential franchise quarterback in the likes of Justin Fields or Mac Jones, and they stuck with and paid Sam Darnold last season. And it got it got ugly after some weird first couple of weeks where he was rushing in touchdowns all over the place. It was strange. Now this season, I think they've made a lot of strides with the roster. Really do. And I think that Baker Mayfield is a huge upgrade on Darnold and could really prove himself. But if the roster improves and the record doesn't, you know the buck stops with Matt Rule. Now, Panthers owner David Tepper has proven to be trigger-happy already, pulling the plug on a new multi-million dollar, like multi-multi-multi-million dollar training complex that was already being built just because a contractor pissed him off. Well, pretty much. So yeah, he's volatile. He's itching to get rid of rule if he doesn't deliver. Which makes him... Very much in the hot seat. Mike McCarthy of the Dallas Cowboys. Not to be confused with Mick McCarthy of Wolves and Republic of Ireland fame. He was always going to be in the hot seat because Jerry Jones is a billionaire and the Cowboys are his plaything, his hobby. He says all these ludicrous things and just does whatever he really wants and inadvertently puts pressure on people. He doesn't care. Dude's richer than most countries, really, so whatever. He doesn't care. McCarthy got the nod after apparently reinventing himself after departing Green Bay and embracing the analytics gods. And he was going to get every decision right. Or so he told us. His clock management skills have been nothing short of abysmal. Highlighted last season by that weird Dak Prescott draw play on the Cowboys' last play of the season to just let the clock run out when they really needed to do something. Just heave it up, do anything, give it a shot. Made a mess of it. The lack of discipline has been an issue as well. So they led the league in penalties last season and have been continuing to do so during preseason. 
put into that a number of inexplicable meltdowns. But they still managed to find their way to winning the easiest division in football last season in the NFC East. Now, there could be some major improvements in the NFC East this year as well. Looking at you, Philadelphia Eagles, this could be your time. So, while all this is happening, Sean Payton is still milling around. The heir apparent to the Dallas throne, whenever he wants it, or so it seems. If the rumours are to be believed, of course, that is. But, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Now, what will McCarthy have to do to keep his job? Well, with this Peyton thing hanging over him, I'd say he has to make the Super Bowl. And um, with the roster as depleted during the offseason as it is, I'd say the writing's kind of already on the wall, unless they make a few big splashes, maybe bring in an Odell when they really need to. Oh, man, I just can't see it happening. I think that this will be the last season from Mick McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, you bastard. Wrong one. Down in Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury has managed to ensure that Kyler Murray was appeased this offseason with a contract with uh, no video game clause. And uh, yeah, he seems pretty happy about it now. So I'm just going to get straight to the point with this one as I have one more wild card squeeze in here before I can start talking about optimism. The cards always get out to a hot start. Last season, they were smashing it. Number one seed for the first seven or eight weeks in the NFC. But they're 9-20 and 20 after week seven over the last three seasons. So what the hell happens in Phoenix at midseason? Hmm? Do they stop planning? Do they become too predictable? Do they fail to adapt? Probably yes, that last two at very least. Maybe with Nuke Hopkins being banned for the start of the season, um, you know, perhaps his return can offset that. I don't know. Whatever it is, it cannot happen this season. If it does, Kingsbury's number will be called and he'll be picking up his papers. End of story. End of the Cliff Kingsbury era. I reckon he'll still get a job somewhere else, but he needs to get it right for a full season here. He's helped them back to respectability, but the, the meltdown in the second half of the season is just insane. Can't happen. Now, your wild card to watch here. A man whom many of lauded for the excellent job that he's done, particularly through some of the adversity that this team has faced in the not-too-distant past. They're a good team. Of that there is no doubt. But the Indianapolis Colts, helmed by Frank Reich, had one of the most unforgivable failures in the last week of the NFL regular season in their humbling by the Jacksonville Jaguars. You just can't do that. I do not care who your quarterback is at this point. You cannot be that good a team 
and fall that hard at the final hurdle. If the Colts don't make the playoffs this season with Matt Ryan in place of Carson Wentz and Matt Aberflus is no longer running the defense, then Reich's position is going to be in question. Now to optimism. Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning head coach with the Philadelphia Eagles, has found a new home down in Jacksonville, Florida. Replacing one of the worst ever head coaching appointments in NFL history, Peterson will at least make Jacksonville a respectable football team and kickers will be safe of being themselves kicked and abused. Well, one would hope. You can't really see Doug Peterson doing that sort of stuff. And he has a decent, if not spectacular, base to work with. People are expecting a big jump from Trevor Lawrence this season. The additions of Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and I guess to a lesser extent, Evan Ingram, should help. Travis Etienne returning from injury, almost forgot about that. What year he picked to miss last season, right? Oh, also, I love me some Marvin Jones. Love me some Marvin Jones. Damn, what an underrated wideout he is. And if they've hit on something with Travon Walker and Tyson Campbell shows what he's got, amongst others, you know, and that defense won't be pushovers. I don't think they're quite there yet, but they'll get a lot better. And Peterson being there will have a lot to do with that. In Miami, I think Mike McDaniel has been handed a great opportunity to stamp his mark on the NFL, honestly. Wow. He's probably got one of the fastest receiving cores in NFL history with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. And Cedric Wilson's also there, amongst others. Mike Gesicki at tight end. If he takes the traits from the Shanahan system, which he has helped perfect in San Francisco, and utilizes these weapons, then teams are going to be scared. Of course, this hinges almost entirely on how well Tua can run that offense at quarterback. But, I have to say, personally, I believe in Tua. I think he's got it. And I think this is his. He's got the weapons. He's got an improved offensive line. The defense looks really good. I just, I see it coming together. I, I, I feel it in my bones. Now, I don't like how the Dolphins clearly did Brian Flores dirty, but one man's tremendous loss is another man's tremendous gain. And Mike McDaniel can just step right in and be the guy to bring success to the Dolphins. If they were in the NFC, they'd be nailed on for the playoffs. And the AFC, however, will still be tough. But I reckon they'll have a good account of themselves. Speaking of tough situations, that's probably the only reason why I'm really struggling to put Nathaniel Hackett on here. Mm, yeah. Mm, I really like the Broncos roster now with Russell Wilson running the offense. But my God, that division is just a murderer's row. 
of some of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL. Surely someone has to come out worse. For the record, I do not think that will be Hackett. I think the Broncos are still making the playoffs as both them and another team from the AFC West will make the wildcard round. Todd Bowles, man, that guy got a real rough deal in New York. Uh, he was just not suited to that place. But the running of things in Tampa Bay, he's got Bruce Arian stepping down. He gets to just move himself up on into that. What a job, man. For this season, at least, that is. Once Brady retires, he's probably screwed again. But that roster is Super Bowl ready. The receiving core is one of the best around. Even if Julio Jones isn't quite what he was um, five, six years ago. Defense is solid. Oh, Russell Gage, just a shout out to Russell Gage. I think he's going to be good this year. Obviously, there are some concerns about the offensive line. But if Brady is just slinging it in less than two seconds every time, then it's not going to matter too much. So, Todd Bowles in a nice spot there. Now, next up, we have the QB competitions. Now, I, I reckon I'll be able to get through this one pretty short and sweet. Because I, I feel I know how these things tend to go. So up in Pittsburgh, you have the Mitchell Trubisky slash Kenny Pickett battle. Now, the Bisque has been named as the starter for week one. And what was called a clerical error had Kenny Pickett ranked third on the depth chart. But apparently... He is second. Now, you know, that's just not how it is, though. But for the time being, this is Mitch Trubisky's team. If and only if he totally balls out from wire to wire, this will remain his team. If he is average, then they will look to move on to pick it, maybe see if they can get something back for Trubisky. However, that offensive line is absolute garbage. Sorry, if that offensive line is absolute garbage, you know, innocent till proven guilty, then they'll leave. <laughs> they'll leave Trubisky in to take the lumps and look to improve for next season with Pickett. Mariota slash Ritter in Atlanta. Now, I don't think that Desmond Ritter is quite ready for the NFL yet. And Mariota is really going to have an opportunity to redeem himself in the eyes of NFL fans, albeit still not in the best position. So for now, this is Mariota's team. And having drafted Ritter in the mid-rounds, there's no real pressure on him unless he starts flashing in training with any opportunities he gets. But this somehow feels like deja vu with Mariota. As I, I think this team he's on, it's just it's not fantastic. But he could make certain things happen with them. I think he needs to be less conservative than he was in Tennessee with his, his passing and unleash his own running ability to make his value maximized in that position. Now in Tennessee, you have Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis. Now simply put, Malik Willis is not ready to start. Not ready to be an NFL quarterback yet. He is, however, ready to do some damage to NFL defenses, especially with his rushing ability. 
He's not got his head quite screwed on yet for for the passing game. Mike Vrabel seems to be really trying to drill that in for him, make sure that he does it right, because that's what he wants. He wants a good passing quarterback before anything else. Rushing ability, if that's something he can then supplement in there as an extra, then great. But Ryan Tannehill is still a very good NFL quarterback. Now he has less targets to throw to, granted. So maybe Willis will be employed occasionally as a runner, or if the game is totally out of reach, or if they just say, you know what, screw it. It's not going our way. But I think Mike Vrabel is like the next Mike Tomlin, and he's going to find a way to get this team to win. Now, on to real football talk. Um, By that I mean an actual game is happening. None of this conjecture. This is the real deal. It's happening. The Bills versus the Rams. Tomorrow my time. T-minus 13 hours at time of recording. Yes, it's been a late one for me here in New Zealand. I'm interested to see how these new additions to each team perform. Now, Bobby Wagner suiting up for the Rams for the first time. Excuse me. Now, he's not quite the perennial all-pro that he has been through most of his career, but he still has plenty in the tank to make an impact at linebacker. Excuse me a moment. Just had to wet my whistle there. Having a Behemoth Brewing Company, the longest IPA in town. The Strawberry and Kiwi Fruit Milkshake IPA. Not sponsored or anything, just, um, you know, if they happen to be out there, I can be sponsored by you. Just give me a shout. Sticking in behind Aaron Donald, that's Bobby Wagner, getting back to the point. And inside of Jalen Ramsey makes this defense formidable at all three phases. I think, as many do, that Allen Robinson could have a shot at really, finally, showing what he's made of this season. It's very well documented that he's had a real lack of a quarterback throughout his entire career. But now he's got a gunslinger in Matt Stafford throwing to him. And apparently the rapport they have built is already exceptional. (coughs) Pardon me. So, of course, make of that training camp hyperbole what you will. Speaking of Stafford, there's been a lot of weird talk around about an elbow injury of his. As Sean McVay, he said it was unlike anything he'd ever seen in football before. Hmm. That was more of a baseball injury. Sounds familiar. Also doesn't sound too great. Oh yeah, if you want to ask anyone about a weird baseball-type injury in a throwing arm, just look across the field. Ask Josh Allen. Ask him how things were for him when he had to get the dreaded Tommy John injury. I think that was was his rookie season? I think it was. Maybe the season after. 2018, 2019, whichever one it was. Now, Allen was lucky enough to avoid the actual surgery that people thought he would have to get for that. In- incredible that he didn't have have to have that surgery as well, I believe. But it did impact his rookie year a lot, apparently. Maybe he was just crap. 
Now, we'll get an idea pretty quickly of how this is affecting Stafford, as I think he's going to need to throw the ball a lot in this game. Now, there still are lingering injury concerns in his backfield, and he has a really solid receiving core to throw against a depleted cornerback room. So I reckon we're going to see him have it. He's going to give it a go. Now, in front of Stafford, with Andrew Whitworth retiring, you've got Joe Noteboom being paid to stay put and become the left tackle. Now, he's not started many games in his short career, but when he has had to step up, he's done a good job. Yeah, he was uh, lauded for his performances stepping in for Whitworth last season. Maybe he can continue. Now, this lineup has been up and down over the last few years. But when they were up, they were really up among the league's best. Now, in this game, Noteboom will really have his hands full in dealing with that fleet of edge rushers, as will Rob Havenstein on the other side. And, yeah, at this point, I don't think I need to say anything more about Aaron Donald because everyone already knows it. Dude's an absolute machine. Game wrecker. He'll destroy two to three guys every play. You leave him one-on-one with someone... That someone is toast. Just forget about it. He done. Now for the Buffalo Bills of upstate New York. Gabriel Davis is going to see an increased role in the offense this season. And we might just be about to witness the rise of the next great wide receiver duo. I mean it. Davis flashed superstar ability last season, particularly in the playoffs. Across from Stephon Diggs and supplemented by Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, and the recently re-upped Dawson Knox, dude got paid at tight end. This is a strong, deep group for Josh Allen to throw to once again. Now, Allen himself is coming off one of the greatest back-to-back quarterback performances of all time, having demolished the Patriots and the Chiefs' defences in the playoffs, respectively. Now, granted, they did not win against the Chiefs. Certainly was not Josh Allen's fault, though. 13 seconds, man. Should be enough. Call the game. Now, on defence, they've got a whole bunch of young pass rushers who are just waiting to step up. They've invested heavily in the likes of Boogie Basham, A.J. Epinesa, Gregory Rousseau, And this game marks the return of Von Miller to the team that he spent just over half a season with and won a Super Bowl in the Rams. Now, will the addition of Von Miller help this group of pass rushers become better? Heck yeah. Of course he will. In so many ways. He'll teach them all his tricks. Well, the ones that People not named Von Miller are actually capable of replicating because he's got a few things that only he could really do. He'll round them out as better professionals and most importantly, he'll attract a lot of attention on the field, leaving those guys to all make some free plays of their own. Kind of like what Aaron Donald has always done for lesser D-line players. Tredavious White is going to be out for the first few games of the season, including this one. And that depth chart's looking pretty sparse behind him. Dane Jackson, who? Is currently slated to start in his place, with rookie Kyrie Elam 
who's been burned a few times this preseason, on the opposite side. Yeesh. And of course, they're going up against that wide receiving core. You know who I'll be taking in this matchup every time. Which is why that pass rush, headed by Von Miller, is just extra important this time around. Cannot stress that enough for Buffalo. They need to get through that offensive line and to Matt Stafford. And they need to be clever on how they do it as well because Stafford's pretty good against the Blitz. So I'm looking for some creativity here from Leslie Frazier. In terms of predictions for this one, I foresee... Looking into my crystal ball. An entertaining football game. Which isn't the most common occurrence for the first game of an NFL season. Everyone's always a bit cagey. Ultimately, these Rams receivers will eat up the outside routes and take advantage of an aggressive defense. Aggressive because they have to be. I do have some concerns about Ken Dorsey being a first-time play caller for the Bills in offense. But I think that he'll make use of that offensive juggernaut that he's helming. Let's say this is going to be oh, a close one. Rams 30, Bills 28. However, I do think that the Bills will be a better team by the end of the season. I think that this is going to be a good start to the season for both teams, win or lose. I think that they're both going to see plenty from one another. But this isn't going to be the be-all and end-all for either one of them. Two great teams starting out what we're hoping will be the best ever NFL season. I've got a good feeling about this one, guys. So go out there, enjoy the game, enjoy the season. Darren and I will be back with you as soon as we can. From Tawa, north of Wellington, I'm Stuart Bothwell, and thank you very much for joining me. Can't wait for Darren to pick apart my new technique, if that's what you want to call this. All right, take it easy, guys.